Hey everybody, how's it going? And welcome back to Jess Unfiltered. I'm your host, Jess, obviously. So today we have an Arbonne girl who is an executive national vice president. Wow, fancy, right? Gotta love the Arbonne girls. But before we get into that video, I do want to share a really great TikTok that I found. It's from Lydia Lou 121 and she answers the question so, so well. You hear a lot of girls in Arbonne, Beachbody, etc. They always say things like, if you were to just live the same day every day like you are right now and you changed nothing, are you going to be happy? Are you going to, if you looked back on your life years from now and you don't make any changes, are you going to be happy with your life? And they try to get you to like jump into the MLM because you're supposed to answer, no, I wouldn't be happy with my life. And then that's where they entice you to join. But I think the girl on TikTok has a really, really good rebuttal for that and a really good point that she makes. And I want to show that video really quick before we get into our Arbonne ones. So with that, here's the TikTok video. Go to school, come home, watch TV, do your homework, go to bed, do it all again. I see videos like these a lot on TikTok of people criticizing the repetitive nature of life, ultimately perpetuating the fallacy that if you do the same thing every day, you're not living your fullest life. And they fail to acknowledge that growth often requires repetition. There's such a paradox on TikTok where I'll see a video like the one I just stitched of someone being like, we're trapped in a cycle where we do the same thing every day. And then the next video will be a crazy talented artist making an incredible piece of art. And the reality is that that artist only became an amazing artist because they did it every day there's a competing narrative that we only grow from like short-term exciting experiences like going to new places and doing wild things there and i've had some incredible experiences in my travels but when i look back on my life so far i see that i define myself not by the time i did shrooms in the dominican republic with a random group of middle-aged europeans but by the periods of my life where i was doing the same thing every day we should romanticize repetition in our life because repetition is a huge part of how we grow and she pretty much just hit the nail right on the head I, I always kind of struggled to find a good way to rebuttal that whenever an MLMer is like, oh, if you had the same day every day, would you be happy three years from now or 50 or 100 years from now? Whatever. You get the point. Like, I'm like, I don't really know how to answer that. Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Anyway, that was a that was a good response. I feel like Lydia Lou 121 on TikTok had. So shout out to you. So with that, let's get into this Arbonne video. Someone on Instagram sent it to me. So shout out to you. I have not actually watched this video. I watched the first like five seconds and I heard her say, I'm so-and-so, I'm an executive national vice president. And then I paused the video and I haven't watched the rest of it. It is about 10 minutes long. So I don't know if we'll get through it. We might have to break this up into multiple parts because I don't know if I'm feeling like recording an hour long episode today. (laughs) But with that, let's go ahead and get started. And I want to share with you guys about a topic that has been heavy on my heart to do for a while. And it's on the idea of why you would want to build a social marketing or network marketing business before you need one. And kind of going into a little bit about preparing for impact. And it's really not a topic a lot of people like talking about just because we all are busy with our lives. We don't want to think about the what ifs. You know, we get so caught up in our own bubble of just to-dos and schedules and just all of the stressors that we all have in our lives that to add add another thing, like the what-ifs, you know, on our schedule is too much. And so a lot of people just ignore it and they don't think about it. And 
Um, I, I feel like this is something that I am called to share. Um, I've experienced a lot over the last 17 years that I have been with Arbon, and I- Holy guacamole. <laughs> this girl's literally been with Arbon for almost, like the company's like 40 years old. And she's almost been with it for half of the age of the company. It also bugs me when they're like, I was called to do this. It just, I've said this in so many episodes, it drives me bonkers when people try to like, I don't know, she didn't like bring up religion, but I feel like it's kind of implied here because she wants other people to feel like they're also called to do it so that she can make money off of them. Like, it just doesn't sit well with me. Like, I've said it a million times, like I'm a Christian. It's not like I'm anti religion. Like, I just, I think it's wrong to try and use it as a way to get people to join your cult so you can make more money off of them. Like, you know what I mean? Feel that um, I would be doing a disservice to um, anyone who listens um, by not sharing this. So I, I'm going to just share my heart and um, I hope you guys are all okay with that. You're watching this video, so obviously you're okay with it. Um, or at least you're interested um but you know there have been a few times in my life where i found myself in a situation where you know if i would have had a normal you know eight to five job um that i would have been in a much different situation than what i am in or was in or was blessed to be in because of my Arbonne business. Um, I want to give you guys a few um, situations that have happened over the last 17 years where having a business like Arbonne um, has allowed me choices and freedoms that I would not have otherwise had. You know, when we were in the process of building the home that we're in now, um, I was a regional vice president, which is Arbonne's second level of management. I was just a few months away from actually promoting to um, national vice president, our top level of management. We were building our home that we're in now, and my husband was actually laid off from his job. Now, prior to Arbonne, he was the breadwinner. He was the one, you know, that paid all the bills, and my money was just the extra. And my business had been, you know, growing steadily for, you know, a few years i started my business back in 2002 um but i so really quick it's interesting how when when somebody in an mlm says that their business is growing i think it's different than if you actually own a business and your business is growing because it's kind of implied like in if you own like a real business that if your business is growing it's going to continue to grow and yeah, you might hit like a plateau at some point, but the thing with like an Arbonne business or an MLM, at least the way that I understand it, I've never personally been in one, but a lot of times you kind of run the risk of dropping in rank if you do not have like a certain number of sales each month. So that's why a lot of times people in MLMs will buy more of the products so they can keep their current rank. And it's like, that's not really growing your business like even if you quote-unquote promote to the next level like that is not growth if you can so easily fall back down in my opinion like growth it I, I just yeah I, I just I don't think that's growth like if I have an Etsy store this year it's like yeah I'm gonna have certain months where my sales volumes higher but overall like over the course of an entire year, if I have, I don't know, let's say $5,000 in sales, hypothetically. Like if I'm growing, then the next year I might have six or 7,000. And then the next year I might have eight or 10,000. And like, it's consistent growth. But like, 
I'm not like having 5,000 in sales one year and then the next year having like 1,000 and then the next year having 3,000. I mean, that's possible. But like, again, I, I wouldn't call that growth. And I feel like Arbonne is just so volatile in that way or any MLM is because it's like you're constantly trying to like throw your own money into the business to like pump, gotta get those numbers up. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like you're constantly pumping your own money in to get your numbers to stay high and it's like artificially inflated. And so you're like artificially growing your business, which probably is a big reason why that 99% stat exists where it's like over 99% don't make money or lose money. Because a lot of these people are throwing their money back in to like keep their quote unquote rank. But like, that's not growth. Like, it's just, I I don't think it's growth. I'm not an expert, but just my opinion. But I, we were building the home that we're in today because of my Arvon income and because of, um, you know, just the freedoms that it had provided for us. We were able to, you know, pay off debt and things like that and, and get this home. And I remember- They act like you can't pay off debt and buy a home with a real job. Like, how do you think the rest of the population buys houses? <laughs> like, what? <laughs> it's just like, this income has allowed me to buy a home. It's like, okay, well, if I worked for Walmart, I don't, and I never have, but like, hypothetically, if I worked for Walmart, I'm not going to be like, this income that this job has given me has given me so much freedom. Like, that's just weird. You wouldn't say that. It's like, I go to work, I do my job, I get paid. But with Arbon. You go to work, you sit on your phone, you do your job, and chances are you don't get paid. But on the off chance you do, that is true freedom. Like that's, no, that's ass backwards. And I remember, you know, talking with my husband about that and, you know, just the situation that we were in and, you know, how before when he was laid off, you know, for a couple weeks at a time, how it would devastate us. And um, especially for him to be laid off as long as he was, you know, he was laid off from August 2004 to until January of 2005. And I actually promoted to the national vice president level in February of 2005. And I remember um, his job had called him back to work and we made that decision that he was going to go ahead and just stay home and be a full-time stay-at-home dad, supporting my business, helping with the kids. And he did that for many years. And we now have three children and um, they're all two in college, one in middle school. So there's no one really for him to be home with. Um, um, But he has been able over the years to be really present and involved with his aging parents to be able to help them um, on their farm and to do a lot of other things on top of all that he does for me and my business on the back end. Um, You know, I... Uh, my husband and I started a process years ago to adopt our son, Mateo, and um, it ended up taking three and a half years. In Guatemala, shut down adoptions in the middle of our process. He was one of the 5,000 children that were in process of being adopted um, back then, and he ended up being one of the last 100 children to come home. And I remember, you know, having an idea in our heads of what the adoption process would cost. But, you know, no one assumes the what ifs. You think you're just going to have this perfect adoption process. And if he would have come home in the time frame that they told us, then everything would have been fine. But because Guatemala shut down adoptions before our adoption was complete, 
um, he was stuck over there and we for three and a half years had to travel back and forth uh, six times to be able to build a relationship with our son um, to go to court hearings um, the amount of money that we were told it would cost to go through an international Okay, so I'm somebody who's looked into adoption personally because in the event that one day I do want to have children, I think that adoption is an awesome option whether you choose to do it through the foster care system or some somewhere else. Like, I think it's great. And I am somebody who obviously, like, I think that it sucks that it's so expensive and a lot of, like, middle-class people like myself, it's not really, like, easy to just drop a hundred grand and be like, hey, I'm going to adopt this kid. Because honestly, if you look like adopting in other countries, it can be very expensive. Like you're talking 40, 60, 80 plus grand just to adopt a kid. And it's like, that's a lot of money. Like that's like a, at least in the Midwest, like you could probably get an older two bedroom house for that much. Like that's a mortgage payment. Okay. A 30 year mortgage payment. And you're expecting somebody to drop that kind of cash to be able to have a child. And that's just, it's hard for a lot of good families who would be able to provide for the kid. They just don't have that kind of money laying around. And I don't, I don't really like how she's kind of using that as a way to like promote Arbon. Like it just feels a little weird to me that she's like, oh, I wanted to adopt my son from Guatemala. And thank God for Arbon. Like I wouldn't have been able to adopt a kid if it weren't for Arbon. It's like, well, who's your target market here? Like, are you trying to like tell people who want to adopt that they should join Arbon to adopt? Like, I know that her point is probably not to be like malicious or anything. Like, I'm sure she's a nice person, but I just don't really like when people use these personal testimonies to try and pull on the heartstrings of others. Like, I've heard girls talk about their miscarriages or their pregnancies or health issues, chronic health issues. And they'll be like, Arbon has really helped me with XYZ life problem. It's really helped me with my miscarriage. And it's like, okay, like I, I respect you for telling your story and I'm not trying to be like disrespectful or overlook that. I know that it's hard and you know, like I get that and I'm sorry that you're going through that. But when you're telling me that in a way that is trying to like promote your business, I feel like you're trying to capitalize off of that and you're trying to use that tragedy to make money and like suck me into it because you're assuming that maybe I can relate to you and maybe I have the same issue. And I feel like at that point it switches from being you know, trying to share your story, it switches from that to like being predatory and preying on people's vulnerabilities. Like if I'm somebody who's maybe hypothetically, if I like, I have said hypothetically so many times, hypothetically, if I couldn't have kids and I really wanted to adopt, and if I was like sitting here listening to this and I'm like, oh, adoption's so expensive. Oh, Arbon is my answer. Like that, that sounds like who she's trying to target and it just doesn't sit well with me because I feel like literally any job you have a guaranteed income unless you're self like actually self-employed like you don't necessarily have guaranteed income but we can get into that later but if you have a nine-to-five job or you work at a retail store you heck if you work at McDonald's you have a guaranteed income 
yeah, it might not be the best income in the world, but it's guaranteed. And it's like, in my mind, like, if you really, really cared about these people wanting to adopt kids or whatever their issue is, like, you would not be telling them to join Arbonne that has no guaranteed income. You would tell them to go for something that's safe. Like, most retail stores even have healthcare, and if you want to adopt a kid, you're probably going to need healthcare for that kid. Like, Arbonne doesn't have healthcare. I don't know. It just... I don't, I don't like this. I don't like preying off of people's life problems. Just feels shady to me. It feels wrong. And I don't think that we need to be playing the, oh, I adopted my Guatemalan son because of Arbon card. Like that, no, don't do that. That, no, I don't like that. Us to go through an international adoption, um, take that times three, but that because that's about what we end up having to spend in hotel costs, flights, attorney fees, all kinds of things. And you know, I think about if I would have had a normal job, you know, being able to just get up and go, Doug and I both being able to get up and go, to be able to have that extra money to pay for the expensive flights that we were having to pay. Okay, so again, having a nine to five job gives you a guaranteed income, so. I would think that that would give you more stability when adopting a kid because a lot of times when you're adopting a kid, they're going to look at your finances. And if you're not, if you have a 99% chance of not making money from Arbonne, then why would you tell people to join Arbonne knowing, you know, having been through the adoption process and knowing that they typically, at least in the US, will look at your finances to see if you can afford a kid. Like, why would you tell somebody to join Arbonne when you know that 99% of them aren't going to make money. I mean, maybe she doesn't know that stat, but either way, like it's not guaranteed. It's not consistent income. It's not like being a business owner for, I don't know if you owned your own restaurant for 10 years, you're going to have 10 years worth of income information that you can provide to an adoption person. But it's like, I just, I feel like she's not looking out for the best interest of people who do want to adopt because if she did personally if you don't already have your own business I would probably steer you toward a nine-to-five job or a retail job or something with consistent income because I would think that adopting a kid they would want records of you having a stable job with a stable income and benefits and health benefits like if you have no health benefits and you're trying to adopt a kid I mean like that doesn't make sense to me like I I have never tried to adopt. I've briefly looked into it, but like, I don't know. Just based on what I would think they would look at before they let you adopt, I would think that they would check your income information and your health benefits and joining Arbonne ain't it. Also, the other thing I want to say really quickly is like, does this girl think that full-time employees don't get health benefits and paid time off and vacation days and sick days like I mean I work a nine-to-five job and I can literally like last Friday I told my manager I was like hey listen I don't have any meetings on Monday so like I'm just gonna take part of the day off and like go skiing and he's like okay have fun like okay And then I went skiing and then I got paid for it. (laughs) Like, I don't know. People always act like nine to five jobs are so like cut and dry. Like you cannot have days off. You cannot go on spontaneous trips. You cannot do this. It's like, honestly, like most 
I mean, managers are people at nine to five jobs. And yes, there's some really crappy companies out there with some really crappy workplace culture behaviors and whatnot. And, and they might not be totally okay with you just calling off one day. But for the most part, at least in my experience, brief experience working in the corporate world. Like if I was in the process of adopting a kid and if I went to my manager and I said, hey, I'm in the process of adopting a child. This is the expectation that I need to be able to possibly leave at any moment to go to Guatemala to get the kid, get my kid or whatever it is. Like my manager would be like, okay, understandable. And we would put things in place to make sure that my team is prepared for that. And so like typically, not every job, not every job, I realize not every job's like this, but typically in the corporate world, if you have something serious in your life going on, your managers are human beings. Typically they will understand and they'll be like, okay, we'll have a plan of action in the event that you need to leave for a while. That way we can, you know, still be good without you here. So I don't know. I just, I love when people who have no experience in nine to five jobs love to just diss them. And these are, and and I don't know if this girl has experience in a nine to five job. I'm guessing if she's been in Arbonne for 17 years, she at least hasn't been in a nine to five job for the last two decades, assuming that she's done Arbonne full time, which it kind of sounds like she has. But it's like, unless you've really worked in the corporate world, I feel like you don't really, like it's really easy to bash it and it's really easy to like promote your MLM and see how great it is compared to the corporate world. But it's like, dude, the corporate world is cushy AF. Like I can't, I like, I can't even explain to you how nice it is to just like wake up, get on my computer, do some work, log off, get paid consistently every month gobs of money, not gobs, but like industry rates for what my job is. (laughs) And, you know, just be able to go on with my day afterward and do what I want and get paid time off and just like take a vacation when I want and have a retirement account. So I know when I turn 65, like I can retire and I don't have to work anymore. And I have health insurance and I have all these other benefits too. Like it's nice. It really is nice. And it's like, yeah, it sucks. I got to work 40 hours a week, but you know, it is what it is. I like what I do. There's lots of room for me to try other things at my place of business or somewhere else. If I wanted to go to a different place of business, like lots of opportunity out there and you're always learning and growing and you know, it, it ain't that bad. I like it. I have no complaints of flights that we were having to pay for Guatemala, all the paperwork, I mean, literally like home studies and all the things that were involved with adoption. But then on top of that, a three and a half year long adoption. You know, that was my Arbon business that took care of that. I w- it was a, you know, an impact that I was not expecting to have happen. I thought we were going to have a perfect process. You know, um, during that time, the year that Mateo came home in August 2010, he came home in August. Um, but in February, so earlier that year, at 33 years old, I was actually out of state and had a stroke in the middle of an Arbonne presentation and for three and a half months could, could not work my business, physically physically could not work my business. Um, but because my husband was home, he was able to take care of me and take care of our daughters. Um, he was able to do the things that needed to be done for our adoption process while I was still healing. And our business took care of our family when we needed it the most. And so when, you know, I think about 
feeling uncomfortable about talking with someone about the business or, you know, all those concerns. I think a lot of times that we um, hold ourselves back from sharing with people because we're afraid of what they're going to think of us. You know, I go back to what if, what if they're in a situation like I was in where I really needed a business like this. Nobody needs an Arbonne business. Nobody needs an MLM. Like, I don't know where these people get off thinking that they have the key to life and they act they act like they're the key and they're the ones who have it. Their MLM is the best and the whole world needs it. They just don't know it yet. And who am I to hold that from someone? Who am I to keep somebody from finding the truth, from finding Nirvana, aka Arbon. Who who am I to keep that from them? It's like, uh, what? Like, do you really lack that much self-awareness about the business that you, like, I don't even know, guys. I don't even know. I don't have words for this. It's like this. And who would have thought at 33 years old that I would have a stroke? You know, I had run marathons and half marathons and was the prime of my health. I mean, seriously, I was so healthy. But um, I, like many people, you know, took put the weight of the world on my shoulders and was juggling 10 too many things. And my body gave out. And thankfully, I've fully recovered. But I've never been more grateful. I was never more grateful to have a business like Arbonne than I was at that time because it allowed... So I do want to say, like, I am really sorry to hear that this girl did have a stroke. Like, that is absolutely terrifying. And I don't even know how to put my, like, sadness for what happened into words. Like, that is really horrible. And I'm so, so glad that she's okay. But I really don't like, again, that she's using this health condition as a way to market her business. I just... Like I said earlier, a lot of people use their chronic illnesses as a way to market their business. They use miscarriages. She's now used both adoption and a stroke to market Arbonne. Like, I guess what I'm curious about, and she doesn't mention this, but Arbonne doesn't come with health insurance and she had that stroke and it's in I don't know, it kind of sounded like maybe this was the time that her husband was out of work, but it's like, if your husband wasn't working and didn't have health insurance, if you're at Arbonne and didn't have health insurance, like, I mean, I'm just doing basic math here, but I feel like that, I don't know how that worked out for you guys because like, that's a really major medical situation and you aren't covered under health insurance. Like, I'm just putting two and two together here, but I I don't know how you would pay for that, honestly. Like, assuming that this girl lives in the United States where you pretty much need health insurance to, like, have any kind of medical-related thing happen to you, like, I don't know how she paid for it. And I just don't think that it's right for her to encourage people to join a, a quote-unquote business like this where you have a 99% chance of not making money and on top of that have literally zero benefits. So then that begs the question, what's even the benefit of joining? 
online because it allowed um, me to heal, allowed me time to heal, but it didn't um, make us fall apart financially. I mean, my, we were still able to pay all of our bills. My business was still continuing to grow because I had taught and trained other people to do what I did. And so I was making commissions on the sales of my entire organization because I built a strong, growing, sustainable business um, that took care of our family. Um, so that's another reason why I feel like it's so important to build a business like Or you could have like a regular nine to five job and then you can have paid time off And it also typically comes with like short-term and long-term disability in case you do run into this issue. At least my job does. Like I get paid time off and I get short-term and long-term disability. And so like they'll just pay me if that happens. Like I had a friend that worked at a retail store, okay? She ended up twisting her knee like super bad. And she worked at this retail store I mean, it was, it's one you guys have probably shopped at and she twisted her knee, needed surgery, couldn't work over Black Friday. She couldn't work for like a month or two because she had to just kind of like get surgery and sit at home and she got disability for it. And the company was paying her to just sit at home. So it's like, even if you don't have a corporate job, many retail stores in like minimum wage jobs will still give you some kind of health benefit if you get injured or sick or something happens to you so i don't know what she knows about working in the real world but not all the time not all the time but a lot of times we do get benefits if stuff happens to us this you know my best friend has um now battled cancer twice she's um since december is whooping with oh my gosh Like I said, you guys, I have not listened to this beforehand, but if she's really about to pull out the cancer card to market Arbonne, I'm going to rip my freaking hair out. You have no idea. All right, let's play it because I got to finish all the way through. I was like, I don't know if I'm going to finish this video or if I'm just going to go to bed, but we're already too far in. So let's, let's see what she says her second bout of cancer and to be able to drop things if I need to and be there and be present for her, whether it be sitting with her while she's going through chemo or making food for her family, uh, whether it be watching her children, whatever it would be, I can do that. This girl did not just use her friend's cancer to market Arbonne. She did not, she did not just do that. Do these, do these people have no decency? Like, really? Like, do, like, what on earth makes you think that it's okay to take your friend's cancer and use that as a means to market Arbon, to grow your downline, to profit off of it and make more money? I mean, what in the world makes that okay? Like, if she wants to market her own problems, like her adoption issues and her stroke, you know, it's like, I think that's wrong, but I'll let it slide. But the fact that she's taking somebody else's tragedy and she's using somebody else's illness and somebody else's cancer to, like, market her business... That's just deplorable. I mean, it, it really is. It's just, it disgusts me. 
Again, I don't think this girl's a horrible human being. I think it just really, I think the situation and what she's saying just goes to show how brainwashed that you can be because it's like anybody from the outside looking in is going to look at this and be like, dude, WTF, why on earth would you take your friend's cancer and use that to market your MLM? But when you're in it, you're like, oh, see how great my MLM is? And, and you don't even think about how just terrible that sounds, that you're using your friend's tragedy as a means to market your, your Arbon. I, oh my gosh. That, you know, you can't, to me, I feel like, you know, time is priceless and um, you can't get time back. And to be able to give her that, that um, freedom of saying, hey, you know, I can be here for you for whatever it is that you need. Um, She is so extremely important to me and her family is so important to me. And um, if I would have had a normal job, uh, you know, to have to ask off all the time, to me, it's like I just put it in my calendar and I know that like I can pick up and take my stuff with her, whether it be at the hospital or... Again, if if you have a nine to five job and you're going through something, you know, like adopting a kid or you have something in your life going on, Typically, you can just speak to your manager, speak to your team, let them know what the situation is. And if you say, hey, listen, this is what's going on in my life. I may need to take off some days every now and again to go, you know, be there for my friend. Like, I have never personally met a manager that would be like, uh, no, you're not doing that. And I've had a lot of managers in the corporate world. I've probably had like, anywhere from like eight to 15 of them, (laughs) to be quite honest. And I've, I don't have a ton of experience at a lot of other companies, so I can't speak for everyone, but people, managers are humans too. And she's just, she's acting like, oh, if you have someone who's sick in your life, you should really join Arbonne so you can be there for that sick person. Like, just don't do that. Don't play that card that don't scare people out of the corporate world because of your misguided preconceived notions about what it's like to work in the corporate world because it's really not that bad like human beings are in charge of you and yes sometimes you do have crappy managers and it's not always perfect but if you explain the situation to them most of the time They're going to understand and they're going to work with you so that you can take care of whatever it is you need to take care of. So stop scaring people away from a stable job to join something with an incredibly high failure rate. Hospital or house, I can do that. Um, My grandpa passed away in July and him and I are very close. And, you know, I was able to cancel a full weekend. Um, I had a weekend. Oh my gosh. Now she's bringing up somebody else dying. Like, I don't... Is this video just her bringing up tragedies, trying to relate to people who have experienced these tragedies and then telling them that the world is going to be magically easier if you just join Arbon because now you can deal with these tragedies? Like, what is the point of her bringing all this, uh, all these things up? Like, she's literally using somebody else's death as a way to promote her business. <laughs> this is just so tone deaf. Get away 
away for a VP retreat and I canceled it without thought because I knew that I was going to go visit my grandpa and it may have been the very last time, which it ended up being the last time I was able to have a conversation with him. And, you know, we were able to, he was very, very, very sick when I saw him, but he was able to tell me he loved me and that he was proud of me and to be able to have that moment, you know, you can't get that. You can't get that back. So, um, to be able to be present for my daughters and my son. And, you know, I've raised two teen girls and any of you mamas or dads out there know what that's like. And, um, you know, high school could be tough, you know, and um, there's a lot of- There are a lot of parents out there that I feel like are kind of insecure because they work full-time at a nine to five job or at a retail store, wherever they work. And they can't always be there for their kids. I know that latchkey was a big thing whenever I was a kid, kids who had parents that worked would go to Latchkey. And I know that a lot of those parents probably felt very insecure about the fact that they have to work and that they can't just spend all of the time with their kids. And, you know, if you're somebody who is really upset about that and is kind of looking for a way to be able to spend more time with your children, like, Again, she's using this as a way to to reach those people. Like she's hitting a lot of different target markets here, right? So far, within 10 minutes, nine minutes actually, eight minutes, eight minutes, we're not even done with the video. Within eight minutes, she's hit parents who can't be there for their kids, that target group of people. She's hit people who have dying and sick relatives, people who have friends with cancer, people who want to adopt children, and people who have suffered health conditions. Like, these are such vulnerable groups of people, and she's trying to relate to them with a personal testimony of how Arbon has helped her in every single one of those situations. ...stressors put on kids, and to be able to make sure that I'm present and I can drop things and be there at the drop of a hat if my children need me. And I know that all three of my kids know that they can have that with their mom. Um, you know, college. That's another thing, too, is, you know, college educations. You know, we're able to pay for our kids to go to college, and that's something that I wanted to do from the very beginning. And, um, you know, I'm able to pay for college for my daughters. They get to come out of college without... You're able to pay for the college of your daughters, assuming that you've made money from Arbonne, because the other 99.6% of people involved are losing money so that your kids can go to college. The business model is just so incredibly unethical and the consultants are the biggest consumers and they wanna keep their rank so they're padding your pocket so your kid can go to college. Like, they're deriving really no benefit from it, but yet your kid is because your kid gets to go to college, but meanwhile the other 99 plus percent at the bottom they're not making money, they're losing money, and I'm sure they want to put their kids through college. I mean, you can look at the earnings.arbon.com income, income disclosure statement and see that you ain't gonna make money from this business, at least not enough to put people through college. You might make, I mean, you're gonna make nothing. Like, <laughs> you have a 99% chance of making nothing. But it's just like, I don't know how you can know this information and then sit here and be like, oh, it helped put my kid through college. That 
that. So you guys, whether it be, you know, the gift of time, the gift of financial freedom, the gift of less stress, you know, I believe that Arbonne could be the vehicle to help you guys close the gaps and get you closer to life that you want to be living. Um, you know, if you guys have concerns, if you have doubts, um, you know, I did too, but get with the person that invited you guys to watch this video and they can address those for you. But um, I just want to share a little bit of my heart this morning and um, just thank you guys for listening and hopefully something I said um, connected with your heart and you guys could um, maybe take a look at doing this business for yourself. Take so she even says at the very end, hopefully I've connected with you or connected with your heart. So that's exactly what she was doing. And she's sharing tragic or important moments in her life and then trying to get people in the audience, the listeners to connect with that so that they'll want to join Arbonne and solve all their problems. Like that method just doesn't vibe well with me. Like, I don't like that. I feel like it's just wrong to prey on people in vulnerable positions. And this is exactly what the anti-MLM community talks about when we say that MLMs prey on vulnerable people. Like this is verbatim what we are talking about. I don't know any nine to five job that says, oh, do you have a relative who's sick? Are you unhealthy? Do you want to spend more time with your kids because you feel like a bad parent? Oh, do you know somebody with cancer? Well, if you come work for us, we can solve all those issues for you. Like what the like you will never hear that in a job posting. And if that's if you're trying to get people to join a job based solely on emotion, it's probably a shitty job and that person is probably joining for the wrong reasons. If you're trying to get a person to join a job solely based on emotions, that's that's not a good strategy because it's probably not a good job to be going after. You should be going after a job because because you like doing it and because it can pay your bills. You shouldn't be doing it because somebody tugged on your heartstrings and manipulated you into feeling like you needed to join in order to be there for someone in your life. It's just stupid. It's just, it's ridiculous. And unfortunately, this kind of stuff is what gets people to join because they can resonate with it and they can say, oh, wow. Yeah, she really, she, what she said really did resonate well with me. And I definitely think that Arbonne is right for me because if she can get through this with Arbonne, I can too. It's just ridiculous, you guys. It's ridiculous. With that, thank you guys so much for listening. If you have any testimonies you want to share or literally just anything, reach out to me on Twitter. My Twitter is at unfiltered underscore Jess. Or you can reach out to me on Instagram at Jess Unfiltered Podcast. I have a link tree in my Instagram bio and it will link you to my Anchor account where you can actually upload voice memos now if you have voice memo testimonies that you want to share. I love listening to them and hearing what everyone has to say. I totally appreciate it. If you guys have any video recommendations or whatnot similar to the one that we listened to today, send them my way. I definitely want to do more than Arbonne. I did Beachbody the other day. I really want to do some on Monet, Monat. I don't know how you pronounce it. (laughs) I want to do some on Rodan and Fields. It works definitely and Thrive and LuLaRoe. I actually want to talk about LuLaRoe and the gastric, gastric bypass surgery nightmare. I don't know if I've mentioned this before in a prior episode, but 
long story short, LuLaRoe had this thing where a bunch of these LuLaRoe huns were gonna go down to Mexico and get gastric bypass. I don't know, it was super weird. I think Vice did a thing on it. So I'll try to post a link on my Twitter if y'all are interested in watching that. But anyway, I'm gonna stop talking now. Thank you guys so much for listening to Anti-MLM Adventures with Jess Unfiltered, and I will talk to you next time. Thank you.